You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Also, want to make sure you guys are starting your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. In the third segment, we are part of a new mock draft. It's what we've been doing, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's now the August mock draft. And I have some exciting news to tell the listeners on the pick that we have. Pretty crazy, the pick that we have. It is, it is a crazy. It is very, very, very crazy. And um, I, that's how I know it's not real because we wouldn't get this pick. That's correct. So it is going to be something entirely fictional and something that would never come about in the real world. But we will talk about that in the third segment. Um, but as most of you know, we did tease Monday's show at the end of it that Malik Monk was going to be our player evaluation today. And uh, I thought about even getting Doug on for the Malik Monk pod, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're not. That, that, um, that's just cruel. Yep. Not going to do that to Doug. I can't imagine that he would have too many good things to say about him. And there's some deservedly um, bad things to say about Malik Monk with what's gone on with him. Um, so let's just dive into it. Nada. Uh, just overall, kind of leading us off, what kind of year did you think that Malik Monk had, especially with all the weird things that might have happened at the end because of the suspension with the uh, drug violation, the NBA's anti-drug program, his violation there? Just kind of your overall thoughts at the top of the Malik Monk segment. Quite honest, uh, quite honestly, this was his best season and it was still kind of inconsistent. You didn't get consistent defense from him. You didn't get consistent offense. But the one thing I think you realize he realized and I think everybody realized is when the ball's in his hands, there are very few defenders that can stay in front of him. And rather than live up to the shooting stroke that he was drafted to be, he learned, hey, I can take it to the bucket. I can take contact because... I had gained that 15 pounds of muscle and he turned into one of the better finishers at the rim for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, granted, that's a very, very low bar, but for all of that, he was probably one of the more consistent Hornets. It was his most consistent professional season, even though it was super inconsistent. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah. No, you're you're right about the finishing at the rim, though. And so what I thought Malik Monk's two best things that he did this year was playmaking at an even higher level and attacking the rim. Those were the two best things that Malik Monk did this season. And I think he fundamentally, as I've mentioned, changed the way that he played this year, where his shot selection was, I think, a lot better. He still gets into these pounding the ball into the court every once in a while where you know a three-point hoist is going to come, and that does mm -hmm. drive me crazy still with Malik. But it came far fewer this season where he's just pounding the ball into the court, and you know some bad three-point shot was going to happen. Instead, what he decided to do was drive, make plays for his teammates, as well as attack the rim himself. Those were the two greatest things that we saw from him. And even in the last month that he played with the Charlotte Hornets, you could even dwindle it down to the last 13 games that we saw from Malik. He averaged 30 minutes per game. He shot 46% from the field. He shot 35% from three on four and a half shots beyond the arc. 
uh, and 17 points per game, 17 with two and a half assists per game. And that happened in the last 13 contest of his season. But we know that it would come to an end. We could talk about that a little bit more in the second segment because of that violation against the NBA's anti-drug policy. So we know that this is someone that still has not done what you wanted him to do from beyond the arc. 33% on the year if we're just going to go to the traditional numbers that he posted this entire season rather than just the last 13. It tells a little bit of a different story for sure. Mm -hmm. So on the entire year, he shot 43% from the field, which is actually significantly up from his sophomore and rookie campaign. He did go down in three-point percentage, even as bad as he's been. He even went further down, shooting only 28% from three-point land, but did so on fewer attempts per game. Now, the two-point percentage went up a crazy amount. I mean, just did a yes. complete 180. And he wasn't even... It's not like he was the world's worst at that size finishing inside the arc um, just in the sophomore campaign. He shot 46% um, from two-point land. But this year, he shot 54%. And that's not even taking into account that he actually was one of the better finishers around the rim at his position, not only with the Hornets, but the entire league. He was one of the best at doing that. He shot 82% from the free throw line, um, went to the line a little bit more as the season went on because he was attacking, gave you some and ones as well. His turnovers need to go down. That's for certain. You look at cleaning the glass. And uh, of course, that website negates all of the trash time, the garbage time. It negates all of that. He ranked 82nd in, among wings. He ranked in the 82nd percentile in assist percentage and 74th percentile and assist usage percentage, which basically means how often did Malik Monk get an assist given how much he had the ball. He also finished in the 42nd percentile in points per shot attempt, which is up significantly from where he was last season, but still not good. He needs to get better, obviously, 42nd percent, just a tick below average there. So Malik Monk, to your point, Nada, he had the best season that he had in his NBA career. And there's still quite a bit of questions surrounding him because he left us wanting more. We talk about mm -hmm. Caleb Martin. We talk about Caleb Martin, right? A guy that might have been most affected by the pandemic and the end of it. I, I, I wonder, you know, where Malik Monk fits there because I think. It oh, was, I have the answer for you on a, that. Well, I, I think it was. His, go ahead, Nada. Because because the thing is, I think the pandemic saved his career with at least with that, the Hornets. Well, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna get to, right? So like it, it's it's what it's what happened with Malik Monk at the end of the season. It wasn't the pandemic that ended it. It was what happened with him violating the anti drug program, and so that's what ended the season for him. The pandemic hits, and you kind of forget about Malik Monk for a while until just out of the blue, really out of nowhere. There's no big announcement until we got to the exit interviews with Mitch Kupchak saying, yeah, he's been reinstated for a while. It's like the guy had already been reinstated. So those were the numbers, you know, Nada. Does any of those numbers stand out to you or is it more of just we want to see more consistency from him and, and the shooting needs to come at some point, hopefully to God, it can get to at least like 34, 35, just 35% would be fantastic. Honestly, quite honestly, it's the 54% at the rim because remember he's doing that. Well, in, in two point and in, in two point land, I yeah, should say not yeah. at the rim, but shooting 54% inside so, the arc. Yeah. 54% inside the arc at almost like closer to five, but nearly six shots a game. Like that to me, that's the impressive mark because as we keep, as I'm just going to keep harping on, no one could stop him when he was, again, if he put the defender on his hip, no one was stopping him from getting to the bucket and causing chaos. And if there's anything that we take from this, it's that, dude, just get your outside shot together. 
And I think that's something that because of the added strength, he's still got to work on the touch from outside. But if he gets that together, he's the guy I'm not going to say I'm most tantalized by, but would it really surprise you if the Hornets somehow are worse this year and he's at almost 17, 18, 19 points a game this year at super efficient numbers? Because it wouldn't surprise me. Would it really surprise you, though? Well, I mean, at super efficient numbers, I don't know. I mean, inside, he showed that he can be very efficient attacking the rim. It's just all about the outside shot. I hope that comes around. I don't know if it'll be super efficient, but yeah, I think Malik Monk is a guy that Mitch Kupchak has rightfully so called him maybe the most talented player on the roster. And when you look at some of his shooting numbers just throughout his career, you know, I've, I've gone to Seth Partnow quite a bit, who used to be uh, executive or who used to be a um, he used to be with the Milwaukee Bucks organization. You know, he talked about this a little bit. He said, quote, in the tracking data era, uncontested three-pointers have been made at a rate for Malik Monk at a rate of 38.4%. And then while contested, attempts, attempts are down 33.2%, with a hair over 50% attempts being uncontested for Malik Monk. Ooh. He has been basically fine on his open shots, hitting 38%, but he has struggled mightily as a tough shot maker, hitting only 27.9% of his contested attempts. Despite that poor accuracy on guarded shots, only 42.4% of Monk's threes have been uncontested. And not a him coming out of college, the conversation around him was that he was going to immediately help the Charlotte Hornets team that at the time needed immediate help because Kimball Walker and the Hornets were looking to make the playoffs at that point. He was the guy that was supposed to come in off of the bench and help them. And the way he was supposed to do it was to hit threes at a high clip because not only was he good at shooting the ball at Kentucky, not only was he great at just shooting the open shots, but the crazy shots, the one that were the tying ball games, the one that had three defenders in his face. I don't even know how he got that shot up. Those shots would go in. And in the NBA, that has not translated even close to what it was in Kentucky. He's doing a good job enough where he's not guarded and making yeah. those threes, but whatever, what kind of tough shot making ability do you have? And he has not portrayed that in the NBA, which is unfortunate. Well, that, a lot of that is due to lack of size, though, if we're honest. Yep. Like, there is a lot of this that if we start talking about it, it's lack of size. It's the lack of bulk. And I think, honestly, the Detroit game where he won it, I, again, that's because, again, we start saying, again, he lacked the tough shot-making ability. I, I look at that Detroit game, and granted, it was a lucky shot, but I thought there's more of that to come, and maybe that's a sign that, hey, maybe that's coming along. And he's one of those guys, similar to a Lou Williams type, that it may take a while for the light to come on in terms of film study and getting his body right and getting him mentally right. And if the light's starting to come on, like, I hate to say I need to see more from Malik Monk, for, especially after a three, for a three-year guy going into year four. But I'm kind of there where I, I think I still need to see more oh, because, of course. Yeah. because, like, there's a lot of this that is unfinished, you know? There's, a, there's an unfinished story here, and I do want to see the end of it, and maybe we don't get to see the end of it. Well, you know, I, I, I love Malik, and, but certainly there are huge flaws. Of course, you want to see more because it's not anybody that's given you 100% confidence in his ability. And the time that he did, eventually the season comes to an abrupt end for him, even before it came to an abrupt end for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah. And that, that's a problem. Like you still want to see, of course, you want to see more. And uh, hopefully with that shot can come around, but it hasn't come around as far as the, it, like, because 
he put on that that poundage. I think it was 20 pounds or something like that. Yeah. He said he gained. And I think you could tell, and I think it helped him at the rim. I think, I mean, there's no doubt the numbers suggest, I mean, maybe you think it's just fluky and he was doing a better job, but I mean, I think at the rim, he was able to take contact in a way he was not able to do the first two seasons, but still, I think the height at that kind of level where, you know, you have quicker closeouts, right? It's a longer distance, of course. Maybe, you know, the strength kind of impacted him when the longer distance came about in the NBA. You know, maybe those are some things that are a factor. Real quickly, before we take a break, I want to talk to you guys about my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up the minute, up to the minute odds on all of your favorite teams. And with the NBA in full force, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out my bookie's NBA future bets. You don't have to stop at basketball either. They do have hockey. They also, if there is going to be football played in the NFL, possibly is your best bet. You can bet on that as well. You can get your baseball bets in while you still can. Also, there's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 NBA future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. What does Malik Monk's future look like with the Hornets? We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I think I there's know, still a too. chance. Yeah. I think he's uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So the big question surrounding Malik Monk this year is what are the Hornets going to do with him, right? Because I I think with the Hornets, maybe not this year, just beyond this year is, yes. is when that question really is going to come into effect. What does Malik show you this season as to why Mitch Kupchak and this franchise would want to hold on to him? And, and Mitch Kupchak and James Brago, they both have come out and said that they are fans of Malik. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Mitch Kupchak has constantly, constantly said that he is one of and even described him as maybe the most talented player on the roster, which he really might be. It doesn't matter if it doesn't come to fruition, but he is one of the most talented players on the roster with a roster, by the way, that needs as much talent as it possibly can get. Maybe in a different franchise, Nada, when you have maybe some other draft picks that have hit for you. Maybe when you've been able to actually go further than expected and you're looking to take that next step right here and right now, maybe that would be the kind of franchise that would have already given up on Malik Monk. But what the Charlotte Hornets are right now, it's a team that just lost its best player in franchise history a season ago that kind of wiped a clean slate for the Charlotte Hornets where even the veterans are off of this team now and MKG and Marvin and you need all the talent you can get And it's like, okay, well, if we got rid of Malik, you know, what are we going to get in return? I just don't think that the value we'd get in return means more than what Malik could mean on this team right now. And so the question from, and for, and so I've always been a fan of just keeping him. So with Malik, the question is, let's say he has a good 20 games at the beginning of the season. Is that a guy that you sell high on? Or is that someone that you kind of raise your eyebrow at and think, okay, it's actually starting to click for Malik. Not a, what, what if that happens? What do you do if you're Mitch Kupchak? Do you have the answer to that question? 
No, I don't think we have that answer, the answer to that question, because, again, you do not know what the finances for the NBA is going to look like when next season starts. I think that's the biggest thing. What do the and I hate saying that because I keep saying that, but it's the finances. The finances are going to dictate what happens with Malik Monk, because quite honestly, if you're st- if the Charlotte Hornets still maintain that 25, 20 to twenty three million dollars in cap space, then at what point are you just going to keep him and dare anybody to say, hey, look, again, if someone wants to offer him the max contract or someone wants to offer him $14, $15 million a year and we don't want to match, yo, have at it. I understand. Like, Malik, go get what you can. But why, why not just at least see if you can get him for something that's going to be relatively cheap because he's not going to be able to be trusted. And even in the contract year, you're always going to have that side eye. You're always going to look at him differently because if he performs well, we're all going to think contract year and he's going to need to show sustained success. Yeah. And I wonder if the Hornets, I understand that you're talking about the finances of the league. I don't know like if, it, if it's going to impact Malik Monk all that much because well, as far as, as far as, how much he might make just because he's such a wild card anyway. You know, for me, I wonder if you're the Hornets, do you just try to take care of some low risk contract to where maybe if you sign him, I don't know, you know, if, if you go with like something of a eight to $10 million a year contract for Malik and give him that kind of extension where you are betting on him for the future, um, that's not going to be a contract that is so terrible if it doesn't pan out. You know, like that's not yeah. that that's not the thing that kills you as a franchise. It's the MKG contract. It's the Nick Batum contract. Certainly, it's the other players that are making double digit million dollars. That it's the Cody Zeller okay. contract, if we're honest. Well, yeah, and even though I think he's closer to the value of that contract than other players, yeah, it's those that hurt you more. And so, if you pay him eight million for an extension, and if that's something Malik would just wants to take because. I don't know, maybe the agent and him don't think that there's going to be a bigger market there. Then maybe that's something that the Hornets would consider doing. But that's the interesting part about all of this. Like if we're going to say who is the hardest Hornet to make a decision on right now, Malik Monk is that guy over PJ Washington, certainly who's going to be on the team for a while. Even Miles Bridges, who you're trying to figure out how does he coexist with PJ. Malik Monk certainly is that guy because it's the most urgent of all of the young Hornets on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the funny thing is, like, I would say the two hardest guys to make decisions on, really, it's Terry Rozier and it's Malik Monk, right? after, Like, it's Malik Monk and it's Terry Rozier. And both of them, I kind of feel like, are in, like, similar but different places because if – because I start thinking about his playmaking and his shot-making abilities, and what if, he, what if Malik Monk is a proto-Terry Rozier? So what are you going to do then? One of them cannot like they, but one of them has to get off the roster, right? So you're going to possibly keep the cheaper option. So it's one of those things where, like this, it's just so there's so many different layers, and then we haven't even factored in who are they drafting because, as a friend of the show Rick Bennell has pointed out, Mitch Kupchak is not necessarily saying talent is again roster spot or position is going to dictate who they draft. If this is another two guard, this is another wing player that comes in, this gets even crazier and is Malik further on the way out or is a guy like Caleb Martin, Cody Martin that loses his spot because of this? Like there are multiple ways that this thing can go. And I think it's probably like literally the most intriguing like development part of the offseason for the Hornets. 
It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the most support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all listeners 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. One more segment to go here on the Locked on Hornets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I, you know, <laughs> I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old walker. All right, well, yeah, give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about, uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the noun I was going to get. A plural go. noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We saw a report from Adrian Wojnarowski that the NBA is going to allow some people in the family or long-established friend group of NBA players to possibly enter the bubble if the NBA players choose to do so. Not, I know you have those rules in front of you. What kind of rules uh, to the detail is Adrian Wojnarowski reporting on? Okay, so he fr- the first tweet, four guests per player. But can, ex- can, but can be exceeded for kids. So basically, Walker, from what I'm gathering, if you have a certain amount of kids, you could have your girlfriend, your wife, your baby mama. Well, hold on. No, I'm not even going to go there with that just yet. But now it gets, <laughs> it's, it gets even better, though. Like guests on travel ch- charters can, again, they, they can come on the ch- travel charters. They can go on the charters following testing. Guests will even be allowed to have games. So, Walker, we're going to have fans here, too. Players will be allowed to bring in family, established, long-standing personal friends. So, um, if there's any of any Instagram model that has um, happened to listen to this podcast, let me give you some advice. If you are following an NBA player and you are only in the DMs, you can't go. Like, they want established personal friends. Player guests. <laughs> this gets even better, though. This gets even better. Each player is allowed one ticket per playoff game for a guest, plus an additional admission for a child. And, Walker, here's the crazy part. 32 inches and below. So, basically, these kids have got to be, like, two or three for them to even go to the game as a plus one for these playoff games. This is how wild it gets. Yeah, that is insane. Uh, This is hilarious because the NBA players are going to have some decisions to make as to who they want Mm -hmm. to bring into the NBA. And did you see Stephen A. Smith on first take earlier today discuss what he might implement? Uh, Maybe some conjugal visits for people to visit the players. And then, of course, Molly... Molly Kiram puts her head in her hands as well yes. as Max Kellerman just shaking their heads. Team A. Smith has come up with a couple of wild takes on the NBA regarding sex in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Stephen A. 
might be the horniest dude on basketball media. And, and that's a high bar. That's a very high bar to clear. Like we talk about low bars with the, with the Hornets and everything. That's a high bar to clear sometimes. Do you remember that reaction that he had and the way that he talked about David Fisdale's wife a year or two ago? Do you remember when he was? I, I that? do. It made me uncomfortable, but I understood. Like, um, yeah, Stephen A. Smith has gone into that territory a few times, certainly in his career, which, you know, it was hilarious to see him spew that take today. Uh, but yes, that's obviously what maybe some of these long-term relationships, long-standing friendships might be. It's going to be uh, maybe, yeah, you know, I've known her for a really long time. This is somebody that's always been a very good. Yeah, exactly. Guy. Like, how do you sell that, Nada? Like, what if it, if you're, like, how do you even legislate that? How do you legislate this person not being a long-standing friend um, compared to one other person, you know, how, yeah. however you're comparing them? Think about it like this. Imagine if you're James Harden and you have to choose between candy and destiny. Each of each from different cities. You've known a bunch for a long time. Again, your banner's up there probably at the at the club that we're talking about. He's got a banner up there. So how do you pick between candy and destiny, Walker? I don't know. No, I don't know either. Um, I also wonder exactly what kind of celebrities might enter the bubble at this point. You know Drake's going to be there. You know yeah. Drake. You know Drake's there. <laughs> Drake's going to be there. <laughs> who is his longstanding friend? It's going to be something like Kyle Lowry. You know, they've been friends for a long time. That's going to be something that is tried to uh, that is going to be tried to uh, be sold to Adam Silver. Yeah, I'm here for this rule. It's going to be hilarious um, to see exactly who is going to be able to get into the bubble. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was that we do have another NBA mock draft, a part you of do? the Lockdown Podcast Network. And wouldn't you know it, the Charlotte Hornets were awarded the number one overall pick, and mm -hmm. we have made our selection. Now, Nada, I'm not sure if we're supposed to reveal that selection yet. I know we are going to do a crossover episode we with are. the other two teams that are directly behind us, which I believe is Detroit, who was picking second, and they had a wild pick at second yes, overall. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And then third overall, I believe, is Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. But don't hold me to that. I do know that Detroit is going to be one of the teams it, that we have. Do you have any more information on that? I do not have. Uh, I'm actually going to pull up this. Like, I'm going to proper, properly stall and look up this. Uh, what this data is. Because well, here, I'm, don't stall. Allow me to get the spinning wheel of names while you do that. So, okay. Spinning wheel of names. Since I didn't forget before we end the show today. We just mm -hmm. were able to evaluate Malik Monk and the kind of season that he had. So, um, of course, as I'm trying to stall, my internet just isn't working today. Okay. It's just it's, not it's, what's going on. You know, here, here's what we're going to do. I've put, pulled it up. It is Minnesota. So, again, for those that are listening right now while we're trying to put this together and we're spending a whole bunch of plates at the same time, we have, again, just so that people are understood right now, it is us. It's the Detroit Pistons. Locked on Wolves will go next after that. Locked on Hawks at the four spot. Locked on Warriors at five. Locked on Cavs at six. Locked on Knicks at seven, which is hilarious for multiple reasons. And then the Locked on Bulls, our fun little nemesis, are at eight. We've done a crossover episode with the Bulls. It was all very cordial. Everybody was just fine with our crossover. Yeah, because y'all didn't invite me. 
Uh, that's true. We did not. And it was not a mistake not inviting you. The internet's not working with the spinning wheel of names. I'm going to make a judgment call here. I'm going to go against the spinning wheel of names because it's angry at me for some reason. That's fine. We're going to do the MKG Marvin Williams episode next. We're going to save Devontae Graham for last. We might as well save Might as well. Last. Yeah, exactly. Might as well do that. So we'll do the MKG Marvin Williams combined episode. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. Maybe we can get Doug on one of these as well. And actually, I don't know if it's going to be on Thursday. Um, we might have our crossover episode air tomorrow. I don't know if that's going to come out today. Doug Branson now has a bunch more responsibility and he gets to decide these things. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's all very much up in the air, but we'll see, I guess, as it comes tomorrow. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to you guys for supporting the show as always. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs>